One of the most infamous smells in any American city or town is the smell of barbecue. It's one of those smells that is so exact and specific that it always makes you take a step back and go, who's cooking barbecue? This question is usually followed by the next question, where can I get some? But why do we gravitate towards it so much? How come it has seeped so much into the American identity? But most of all, how does it stack up worldwide? Welcome to Spoonable Standpoint, the podcast where your hosts, Leo and Charlene, dig into food culture. In this episode, we'll be discussing where barbecue comes from and how it evolved into the delicious food we know today. Later, we discuss with a special guest how another kind of barbecue stacks up to American style. Barbecue has been historically important to American culture since even before it was a country. And after, it brought us all together through big summer holidays. But why is it so powerfully American? How can it improve to be even better? But first, where does barbecue come from? American barbecue, unlike other types of cuisine, is not a single flavor. The types of barbecue vary so much you'll find plenty of different styles depending on their location. Everyone knows that Carolina, Texas, Memphis, and Kansas City barbecue as they're incredibly popular, but the country is filled with delicious, different, and exciting flavors. But even though there are so many kinds, they all seem to have some things in common. Pulled meats with a sauce of choosing, smoked meats, and grilled vegetables are just among the few. But surely it cannot be a coincidence that, although different, they have so many similarities. So the biggest question to answer is, where does American barbecue come from? The answer to that question is fairly simple. When Columbus arrived in Hispaniola, he met the Taino, the people of Hispaniola, who cooked their meat in a vastly different way compared to what he was familiar with. European countries and Asian countries tended to cook meat on direct heat, which meant that the heat was put directly onto the meat. Korean barbecue, which we'll discuss later, had been around for about 1,600 years at this point, and even that was over fully direct heat. This meant that their steaks and such could have a char and sear on them, but would have cooked fairly quickly due to the high temperatures. This was completely different from how the Taino did it, who cooked their meat using indirect heat. The wood was burned, and the heat was funneled into a box with the meat inside, in other words, they smoked the meat. Columbus and the Spanish were blown away by this new style of cooking meat and dubbed it barbacoa. By the time the next generation of conquistadors got to modern-day Tolepo, Mississippi, they had been cooking using barbacoa and had become extremely good at it. This incredibly delicious way of cooking did not just stay inside this group of conquistadors. Over time, it traveled to other countries and colonies, specifically all the way up until Virginia. Not only did it spread, but it also evolved. The new generation of barbacoa, now called barbecue to the British, was most likely the North Carolinian barbecue. This type of barbecue used vinegar-based sauces to base smoked meats to keep the natural and delicious juices inside the meat. This resulted in the famous tart and spicy flavors of North Carolina barbecue. From there, barbecue spread, but not far, since the next stop was most likely in South Carolina. 
in North Carolina and Virginia, many British immigrants lived there, which meant that the sour taste was preferred. In South Carolina, home to many German and French immigrants in the 16th and 17th centuries, the sourness was not loved. What was loved? Mustard. This caused the style of sauce to change from vinegar to mustard, but it was cooked exactly the same way. From there, it moved away from the shore and westward into Texas, Memphis, and Kansas City, where each of these places changed something big. The biggest change was in Texas, where they changed what kind of meat they used. But in Virginia and the Carolinas, the meat of choice was pork. This was because those colonies had a lot of pig farming and didn't sell much of it to the northern colonies, which led to pork surpluses and therefore pork barbecue. But in Texas, beef was the meat of choice to use for a similar reason. A lot of cattle was raised in Texas and surpluses accumulated. The next change was in Memphis, where a much sweeter tomato and molasses-based barbecue sauce was used. This is the face of American barbecue now, most likely because of its sweetness compared to its harsh North Carolinian cousin. The final change was in Kansas City, when in the early 1900s, Henry Perry opened a barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He combined the Memphis style he was used to with a variety of meat in Texan style to create the delicious Kansas City barbecue. Even though these are the main few, many other kinds were developed all over America as the colonies grew into a country and the country grew across North America. But barbecue is not specifically American. The way we prepare it might be, but not the name. One of the most prominent and ancient forms of barbecue today is Korean barbecue. But like many forms of food, personal and long-lasting experiences can provide a better sense of its effect on many of us. That's why we decided to bring in someone who had tons of those exact experiences, a Korean barbecue expert and enthusiast, our good friend Kevin. obvious question before we actually start interviewing you and talking to you about this stuff is what exactly is Korean barbecue? Well, I mean, that's a hard question to ask, Leo, but essentially it's a bunch of carefully prepared meat dishes that often are cooked right in front of the, um, the guests. So there are many different cuts of beef which are used in Korean barbecue. I believe some of the more well-known cuts would be samgyeopsal and kalbi. And these are two very popular dishes in Korean barbecue. But speaking for a more personal take, Korean barbecue is something that I've always enjoyed with family. And it's a really special thing for me to have with my family and my friends. And where we left off kind of transitions to our next question, which is what were some of your best personal experiences with Korean barbecue? Oh, so my best experiences with Korean barbecue have always been being able to eat and enjoy the, this wonderful treat with my friends. Most of the time, Korean barbecue for me has always been something that I've been able to enjoy and have with family after big occasions. I would say Korean barbecue, just going and being able to eat Korean barbecue with my friends and family has always been something that I've really cherished. So for the two questions we asked you, you've been talking a lot about the experience, being able to eat with people. Do you think eating with friends and family and people you enjoy being around, do you think that affects the experience 
of eating Korean barbecue versus just ordering it at a restaurant and it comes fully cooked and on your plate and just eat it like most European restaurants? Well, being able to eat Korean barbecue with other people, I feel, is something that's always been integral to my experience of eating Korean barbecue. I think that most of the reason that I like eating Korean barbecue is that I've been always able to enjoy it with family and friends. And just being able to enjoy it with the people around me has been an experience that I've really enjoyed every single time. And whatever way you're eating Korean barbecue, I feel like eating it with others is often really enjoyable. And I've eaten it with you a few times. And for me, when I've eaten it with you, it's very different because you're cooking it or it's being cooked right in front of you. And I think that also heavily affects the experience, at least the experience for me, because kind of provides that, I don't know, like understanding between each other that if that food is undercooked, we're both going to get sick. Or if it's like overcooked, then it's not going to be good and we're both going to hate it. So I know for me, when I've had it with you, like there is a sort of like shared experience and being able to cook it or having it cooked right in front of you. Yeah, I feel like being able to watch your food being cooked is something that makes it more appetizing. And sometimes when you when you are the one actively cooking the food for your friends, it can make the food more special. But having the food cooked in front of you, I feel like, is something that makes the meal more appetizing. And I feel that nothing prepares you more for a good meal than hearing the sizzling meat. And a lot of these experiences, like the sound of the sizzling meat and the delicious way it sounds, is a lot similar to American barbecue. But there are also a lot of differences as well, especially in the setting and the kind of occasion where you would eat it on. So do you think you could tell us some of the differences or even more similarities between Korean barbecue and American barbecue for, for some of our viewers who may not have experienced Korean barbecue before? So... I'm going to start with some of the similarities. It's, of course, barbecue, and, of course, it's cooked on a grill, and it's, of course, mainly um, consistent of meat dishes. But going into differences, I'd say that the meat itself is generally prepared differently. So Korean barbecue is usually, like, marinated and, like, sliced and then grilled. I believe that most of the time you'll be served Korean barbecue after it's been sliced into, um, into cuts or it's been skewered. But American BBQ mostly includes ribs and brisket, which is often smoked. And the main difference, I would say, is side dishes. Side dishes are usually very different in American and KBBQ styles. I believe Leo experienced this. Whenever you go to any Korean restaurant, You'll get a large amount of side dishes, which is something I always enjoy. These side dishes are often called panchan, and they're vegetable side dishes like kimchi, radishes, etc., etc. And these are always really good. And one of the main things I like about KBBQ is is that, again, it's just an experience that I feel is integral to my culture, and it's something that I've really enjoyed and experienced for a while, so... But that just may be my cultural bias. Well, uh, speaking of cultural bias, uh, this this question is like, because you have such a love for Korean barbecue, you might have a different answer than I do, different answer than Charlene does. But how does it compare to American barbecue in terms of how good it is? Or is it even 
able to be compared? Is it just two things that are so different that you can never line them up? Are they apples and oranges or are they Honeycrisp and green apple? I would say that to me, Korean barbecue is something that can't be matched because one thing I've had so many good experiences with Korean barbecue and it's something that just can't be compared to like other dishes of other things. But for me, Korean barbecue has always been number one. So I don't see how American barbecue could compare. Again, that, that may just be because I grew up with it because I have so many good experiences. But to me, Korean barbecue is something that I just love. Yeah, it was really nice to have a new view on this. And thank you so much for coming out to this podcast, Kevin. So now let's turn it over to our own view of American barbecue and how it holds up to Korean barbecue. I know for my family, barbecue is a very nostalgic thing. For example, my mom had family in the South when she was growing up. And because of that, she would, she and her family when she was a kid, would take long trips down there to see them. We're in the South, South Carolina, North Carolina, and that's important because they would stop at this restaurant in North Carolina that had North Carolinian barbecue. As I said before, it's more vinegar-based, not really like sweeter barbecue sauce-based. And she has very fond memories of it. And when we were all going down a few years ago, we stopped there. And it was a super nostalgic moment of her being like, oh, I remember this, I remember that. And it was very special to her. And I could see that it kind of got her <laughs> and teenager out of her. And I didn't really know why that might have been the case until we spoke to Kevin and talked about how Korean barbecue affected him. And then realized, like, no matter what kind of barbecue you have, there's always this sort of, like, togetherness in it. For Korean barbecue, maybe it's like, you know, whoever cooked the food overcooked it or undercooked it, or it's just not very good, and you're all like, ah, oh, this is very good. Or it's really good, and you're all like, oh, this is delicious, because you're, you're all eating from the same grill. But for this kind of barbecue and other types of American barbecue, it's not so much, you know, maybe the food's undercooked or overcooked, because that's not really the point of it. The point more is, like, you all look like slobs while eating it. <laughs> like, just bit barbecue sauce dripping from your face. Nobody looks pleasant while while eating barbecue. And if you don't, you're not eating it right. So it kind of has this, like, glow down to it that I think makes it very fun to eat and have in a social setting. I definitely agree that the shared experience definitely adds to it, especially because a lot of the time, barbecue is celebrated on occasions like the 4th of July and Labor Day, things like that. So a lot of the time, it's like a family or friends gathering, and you're just all having the same experience together. You smell the delicious meat and just enjoy the same food. And yeah, and it's a pretty common tradition, so much so that even within states there are regional forms of barbecue and with around 70 percent of adults in the u.s having a barbecue grill or smoker it definitely is something known to be very american which may not be surprising for some of us to hear but the fact that this tradition kind of stems out internationally too with korean barbecue 
like what Kevin was saying, makes me believe it's not only about the style of cooking, cooking over a grill and things like that. It's more about the experience that you have with the people around you. Yeah, and I think in in America, I'm not sure about other countries, but for a fact that in America, it's very commercialized. During the summer, even before the summer, you'll see a million ads where it's like, celebrate Labor Day or the 4th of July with an ice cold beer when you're grilling. You know, it's just like stuff like that. So I know for a lot of people, commercials do a lot with influencing memory and what you like. So even if you were a kid and saw those beer ads, it's still like, oh yeah, I remember when, I, when my family had a barbecue. And I think just like all those things kind of generate into making American barbecue such a nostalgic thing for a lot of people. For other kinds of barbecue, like Korean barbecue, you can have that <laughs> all year round. So it might be special in terms of eating it in, and having it cooked in front of you. Um, but it's definitely a very different experience because it's not as limited. And you know, for a lot of people, things that you can only get at a certain time of year are extremely popular, and barbecue is no exception. There are definitely contrasts between American and Korean barbecue, some like Kevin mentioned, and a lot of the time it is also in the occasion. For example, Korean barbecue, you have, you can often see restaurants that have just grills at each table and you cook the meat yourself and it usually doesn't take too long and cooking the meat yourself in front of you is part of the experience. Now with American barbecue, it's kind of more like a big deal, sort of, unless you're getting it at a restaurant, in which case it's not really the same since you're not cooking it and you're just ordering it or something like that. But with American barbecue, it's usually with a gathering of people and you have to take out the grill and prepare all the ingredients and prepare the meat and wait because a lot of the time the meat has to tenderize and that could take a while. Now with Korean barbecue, it's a lot more casual since it cooks usually cooks a lot more quickly and there's plenty of side dishes that you could enjoy in the meantime. So it's really interesting to me how one form of cooking can be translated in so many ways and all the experiences that come out of each of them. One thing that I think is strange but also really cool about American barbecue is the fact that even though it's like such a, I don't say mundane, but it's just like a basic thing, like it's really easy for people to do. If someone is able to make really good barbecue, it's extremely impressive. And it's one of those things that takes years and years of, de of dedication. If you hear about some barbecue pit master who spent 20 years perfecting <laughs> the perfect recipe, they're going to be on like every single cover uh, on every single magazine in, in America that month. And it, it's definitely a spectacle. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons why it's such, so impressive. Because it takes so long to develop that skill. But even if you're just, you know, making a rack of ribs in your smoker at home, it takes a, like a long time for that meat to be ready to eat. Whether that's ribs, brisket, whatever you're cooking. And, and I think that does make it a lot more fun to eat because you spent so much more time on it, so much more effort. You had to... <laughs> You know, apply the sauce every hour, every two hours, and having to wait so long as your house or your backyard filled up with delicious smells. As for the future of barbecue, I definitely say it 
focuses more on variety. Just like we have side dishes in Korean barbecue, there are many different ways we can customize American barbecue. For example, different types of grilling, things like pellet grilling are becoming a lot more popular, and different alternatives to meat, which kind of connects to our episode on meat alternatives, that's also on the rise. In terms of side dishes, many Americans actually prefer vegetable side dishes and grilled vegetables and things like that, so that's also expected to grow in terms of barbecuing. But what won't change is the fact that no matter what, it always has the opportunity to bring people together and enjoy the shared experience that just wouldn't be as good without the people around you. As more interesting and vegetable options of barbecue might become available in the future, the question of nostalgia arises. For those who don't eat it much, barbecue might be a cheat meal, and having vegetables as the main dish might make some people queasy. But as meat alternatives become better, these new forms of barbecue might take hold if the social aspects of barbecue continue. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Spoonable Standpoint. A special thank you to Kevin for being a part of our discussion as well. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Spoonable underscore Standpoint for our latest updates, link to our website, and other bonus content. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share. We release a new episode every other Friday and we hope to see you there.